I don't know about you, but the Black Friday sales have already started, and now I don't even know which Friday is Black Friday. But if you're looking for a very special gift for a friend, family member, or loved one, and you know that they might want to put wellness at the top of their list, then I'm going to suggest my Wellness Optimizing Journal. This is a perfect companion to anybody who is wanting to optimize or better their own health and wellness. It's beautifully illustrated and it's got lots of guidance that you can customize for your particular needs or their particular needs. Maybe you even need to get yourself one. So the link to purchase is in the show notes. Promise you, it's a really special gift. Welcome to the Widely Optimized Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Terea Rodriguez, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Evie Takis. Both of us are functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, and we love working with women from all over the world through our virtual programs, helping women not only feel better, but actually achieve that vibrant, no-holds-barred version of themselves they've been missing for a long time. And how we actually get there? Well, that is what this show is all about. Now, please keep in mind that this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. And if you like what you hear today, we would love for you to hit that follow button, leave a review in Apple podcast, share with your friends and keep coming back for more. Let's start today's adventure, shall we? Okay, so this week we are joined by Willis Mitchell of The Loving Fungi, and we're really excited. This really kind of came about from a fungi fest in Central Oregon. So, (laughs) yeah, the Mushroom Festival. Yeah, that was so much fun. So, Willis, welcome to the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. We love to jam about things that are kind of at that intersection between the wilderness and wellness. And that's what this podcast is focused on. And when we met you, like how perfect would that be to have this conversation? So I guess really, I'd just love to hear a little bit about your backstory. Like what got you interested in mycology and what led to you building the business Loving Fungi? Yeah, great questions. Well, you know, I have about 14 years of history in like the holistic wellness spectrum. And so I've always been intrigued with like betterment of myself, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually, it's all connected anyways. It is. <laughs> Go figure. We talk about all of that stuff here. So <laughs> yep, you're in a good spot. Nice. Sweet. I'm at home. Yeah. And so for this stuff, really, I spent about five months alone in the mountains of sisters, kind of deciding and figuring out what happiness meant to me. Right. Beautiful. And what I came up with, the best thing that, you know, after a lot of debate over, oh, is it people? Is it things? Is it, you know, jobs? I've had all of those. They've all been fleeting. You know, what really holds that feeling of happiness? And I found that it was doing what I was passionate about. And then the second part of this was that if I could do what I was passionate about in a way that was of service to others. And then it was like a a never ending cycle of like feeling good because I feel good doing it. People feel good receiving it. Yeah. So that was like the basis of like moving forward in my life from there. And at the time I was just picking mushrooms and learning about them and I couldn't stop. (laughs) And they were so, I mean, there's so much information there. Like at the heart of me, I I realize I'm just a really big nerd. (laughs) And I finally found a subject where it's like, this is never ending in all, all areas of the spectrums. Right. Yeah. So I started picking them. I was cooking them, eating them, talking about them to everybody like a maniac. And, uh, you know, got to the point where I figured out, oh, these are medicine too, like really high medicine, actually. Yeah. I had a close friend, my buddy, Chris, who actually, you know, gave me my first like introduction to a dual extraction tincture, taught me how to do that. And it was just like, okay, that's it. This is what I'm doing. And was receiving this medicine myself, feeling it deeply, feeling the changes within myself. And that was huge. But then when it came to working with people and they were asking me for this medicine, Actually, I feel like the the biggest moment that really shifted it where I was like, this is all I'm going to do was I had a friend who reached out to me and, you know, I've been talking a lot about like how powerful these antiviral properties are, antibacterial properties, that they even have medicine inside them that kill STDs, right? And so the herpes simplex virus one and two, it's a big one, 
right? Yeah. She reached out to me. She had a friend who was dealing with type two and had a lot of flare ups, like once a week type of thing. I reached out to him, started talking with him. We got down to business with, okay, this is much more than physical. We understood like the, the mental association to it and then nutritional guidance and then, you know, made a mixture of medicine for him with three different mushrooms. Okay. I left town. I came back 30 days later, heard from him again, and he was astounded that he did not have a single flare up in a month. You know, he attributed also to the, you know, emotional work that he was doing, but also the medicine that was helping him, right, move through this. And I was like, that's it. You know, this is, this is everything. It's not just me experiencing this now. It's somebody having like a, a drastic, amazing healing experience with this medicine with something that has been told that, oh, you're going to live with this the rest of your life. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. 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 Does that answer your question? Uh, well, yeah, it <laughs> answered my question, but it, it like opened up so many more questions that I want to ask. So this is perfect. I know. Now there's like more. So the first question I'll ask is what prompted you to decide to do five months alone in the sister's wilderness in Oregon, central Oregon? Oh, so we'll go back a little further then. So four years prior, I was with my partner at the time in New York and we were deciding where to go. And there was an option to go back to Colorado. That's where I lived for five years. She really wanted to go there. And in my head, all I could hear was Oregon, Mm. Oregon. And I didn't know a single person. I didn't have work lined up. There was no part of me that was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So I went to Colorado. Logic. Absent, absent logic, yeah, you know, but it's there. Listen to this instead of this. Right. And so went to Colorado and immediately when I got there, I'm like, this isn't it. Like I'm a different person. This place is different, you know, and, and it no longer has medicine for me. So I left, mm-hmm. I went to California. Okay. I started doing some work where I felt, and I see this as a repetitive thing in my life where if I'm just working for money, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. And then what? Right. You know, am I truly fulfilled or happy in it? And so this California thing was another period of life that was like that. And so this was about a two and a half year period in California where when it came to the end of this time, I was like, okay, I'm I'm not happy in my relationship. You know, it's somebody who loves me dearly that, you know, I'm not in love with. I'm not happy with my work, right? I'm not happy in this place, even though it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I lived in a, a magnificent town right on Russian River right on the coast. It was beautiful. All of these things that like in your head would be like, oh, that that guy's happy. He's got everything, right? Mm-hmm. And now none of it was fulfilling. And so I ended all of those things. I got rid of most of my belongings. I bought a camper and I took off into Oregon not knowing anybody. Love it. Just kind of listening finally to that voice from four years prior, right? I love it. That's amazing. We talk a lot on the podcast about being in the presence of nature and being in that sense of awe and how that can be life-changing. And it sounds like this five months that you spent by yourself was that for you, but it allowed you to discover mushrooms in a way that kind of led you to a new passion. Is that true? Totally. Yeah. I, I feel like for me and just like understanding, like I'm into esoteric knowledge, so astrology, numerology, all of these things, you know, where I gain the most is when I have time alone to contemplate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm in the forest or like completely alone, where there's no outside sources influencing me, that's where I get my greatest ahas, my greatest downloads. You know, I consider time in the forest picking mushrooms as like church or temple. I have yeah. a lot of people that ask me to take them out on like guided stuff. And I'm just like, no, every time it's, you know, the time that I do have for myself is like really sacred. And so being out there, it's like, it's super important because that's where I'm like, boom, ideas, new seasoning or whatever it is, new medicine. You know, it's just, it's fabulous. It's magical. And I don't know if it's just me or if anybody else who took the time to really, you know, be alone for this period of time and be in nature, you know, would receive the same things. But I feel like there's magic there for everybody. Well, I think it's something that we both feel that there's magic in nature and spending that time alone is also pretty magical. I describe it as a way to kind of get in touch with our subconscious when we give ourselves the time of being able to be alone and with our own thoughts and not being influenced by anybody else. But was it that experience that you had out in the forest that you discovered mushrooms and got you enticed into picking them and eating them? And and was it more from a culinary 
standpoint, like was that your entry into functional mushrooms and, and different kinds of mushrooms? Was it culinary or was it something else? Yeah, culinary. I mean, so for me, it was, again, thank you, Chris. I love you. You know, wonderful friend who took me out my first time picking mushrooms. And I mean, it was just like, it was magic. You know, once you start to see them, you pick up on that pattern or whatever it is, pattern recognition that's deep ingrained in us from the times when we were Neanderthals or berry pickers, right? Just like takes hold and then you see them everywhere and then they start to show you themselves, right? And then there's a spirit to that too, right? Like mushrooms are little trickster, right? Coyote medicine. And like, I resonate with that. I feel like, you know, the silliness is important in delivering like any type of healing message, right? Mm -hmm. Having a little mm -hmm. fun and levity. And so their medicine is that to me as well. And so all of these levels, I started connecting with this, you know, kind of intelligence, right? Yeah. And I, I just fell in love with it. But it was food initially. It was, you know, chanterelles, bolites, lobsters, oysters. And then it was yeah. game on, you know? I, I also dedicated that year to really kind of being alone. And so having that much time to be alone, I spent so much time in nature. It was it was fantastic. Beautiful. You know, I think of that time and, and like, I'm almost envious, you know, to have that much time and be alone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think for me, like, I've always loved them from a culinary standpoint and just adding flavor and umami to to meals the thing that really kind of like exploded my knowledge and fascination with mushrooms was reading the book mycelium running by paul snaymans a number of years ago and just understanding the massive network that fungi have across the planet was just kind of mind-blowing at that point and i think it's kind of unraveled from there mm. What is a functional mushroom? Can we kind of move away from the, some of the culinary piece and talk about what is now being known as functional mushrooms? And you mentioned some of the properties that mushrooms have. Let's kind of dig into some of that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. So functional is just a fun term that people use because they can't say things are medicine, you know, the FDA approval type of stuff. So what is a functional mushroom? I would say every single one of them is, right? I mean, even if you look at like uh, morels, for example, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have the most protein of any, you know, source and square inch of material on the world. Isn't that amazing? Wow. You know, and, and that's so, amazing. Yeah, it's fabulous. So eat morels if you can find them. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, functional is medicinal to me. And mm -hmm. a lot of these mushrooms are highly medicinal, some more than others, like turkey tail, for example, I consider that one of the most medicinal mushrooms on the planet. It's also one of the most abundant. Isn't that interesting that the most medicinal mushroom on earth is also one of the most abundant found in all continents? That is really interesting. So fascinating. Yeah. And so there's almost like some, some intelligence here that, that you know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And when you say it's one of the most functional or one that's really important, what kind of properties does turkey tail have specifically that you are liking so much? So, you know, in particular, it's one that I highly recommend for women. It has medicine inside of it that specifically target what could be cancerous and tumor cells in the breast and the cervix and gets rid of them. Fabulous. Just something to take semi-regularly. It has numerous medicinal benefits as anti-cancer, antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, anti-inflammatory. Did I miss any? It has a lot of benefits. And so, you know, each, so each mushroom can target different like bacteria, different viruses, different, you know, et cetera, et cetera, toxins, right? Mm -hmm. And so this, this mushroom has the most that I've studied, yeah. the most packed into one. That's amazing. Yeah. It's totally amazing. Yeah. So just a fabulous one to find, make some tea, chew on it, you know, with all mushrooms too. Here's a pro tip, cook them. You know, they have a, a cellular membrane called chitin. It's like a hard woody thing. And it's very difficult for our liver to digest. Okay. Yeah. And so cook all of your mushrooms always. Always. Okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Stop eating those white <laughs> button ones too. They don't do anything for you. It's like you can just chew on cardboard, like get some oysters or shiitakes. And you know, it's such a shame because those are the ones that are like in stores, yeah. like most stores, right? You have to really search or it's like a rarity to see these actual like truly medicinal ones that have all these benefits. Just the plain standard ones are in yeah. store and you're like, well, this you know, oyster, is useless to me. <laughs> amazing anti-cancer properties, right? Shiitake is actually one of the mushrooms that has medicine in it that kills the herpes simplex virus one and two. So, I mean, you so know, amazing. just 
they're right next to the button mushrooms. Just spend a little extra money and, yeah. you know, inoculate yourself with some healing, right? <laughs> it, it's amazing too, the the white button yeah. mushrooms, right? Those are the ones that are sliced up raw in salads. And that's usually yeah. people's first introduction to mushrooms. And so they make oh. the assumption of like, oh, I'll just eat it raw and put it in a salad. And But you're right, like that chitin material is so, so, so dense that it's extremely hard to digest. And I also know that when we cook the mushrooms, right, that's changing the protein structure that's allowing mm -hmm. those, the chitin wall to break down so that we can get access to those compounds that are so that's medicinal. Right. Yep. Yeah. As a practitioner who uses functional mushrooms with your clients, because you do practitioner in, in addition to selling products, right? That's right. And so when you're working with a client, do you have, you probably have this wonderful encyclopedia in your brain. So of course I'm going to try and pick it real quick, but do you have like certain categories of mushrooms that you use for performance enhancement versus immune system building or and like, I'm sure that you've got these categories. How do you go totally. about figuring out what you would use for somebody? Fabulous question. So first there's the area of study and just understanding like, okay, this is the science of this thing. This is what it affects. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Having that mm -hmm. list on hand in my head is fabulous. But the other part of this is, do I believe that my brain is the highest intelligence in the known and unknown universe? Absolutely not. And so I use a process to tap into what I consider intelligence greater than my mind that knows what's best for me and the client, right? And, and I believe that access point is actually in my body, right? Because mm. it, it pulling my consciousness down out of my head into my body, I'm actually listening instead of thinking, right? The hamster wheel of, yeah. of questions, of fear, the past or anxiety, the future. And then when I move in my body, it's presence. Mm. Okay. So I teach a form of body testing or muscle testing. And, you know, on the quantum level, if you want to go into the sciencey part of this quantum yeah, entanglement. We'll go into the quantum stuff. Yeah, totally. Right. So this kind of backs up my, my theory on this is that, you know, there's no difference between the particles that make up you and me. And in fact, there's no part of us that's disconnected, Yeah. right? And so finding a method to tap into this intelligence that, that exists between us, right? Fabulous. So what I do, it's pretty easy. I hold questions in my fists. I put them right at my heart. I ask them there and I'm standing. I ask the question at my heart, powerful place to ask a question, and then bring it down to just in front of my belly button center. In Qigong, that's called our Dantian. It's our life force energy center. And so asking at my heart, bringing down to my stomach, and if my stomach moves towards what's in my hand, that's a yes. If it moves away from it, that's a no. Pretty simple. That's amazing. Yeah, amazing way to use intuition in that way. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the more you use this, the stronger it gets. The more you use this, the less time we're spending in our head, and the more time we're spending deep in our body listening. This is faith. This is knowing. This is synchronicity. This is flow, right? And so, you know, when we put that message out to God, the universe, higher self, that Hey, I'm going to communicate with you in this way for this person, for myself, whatever it is. And this is how I want you to answer me. You know, you better believe you get a response and that's powerful. Super powerful. Right. And that's moving through life in a different way because, you know, what has my mind and all this amazing intelligence and intellect, you know, really brought to me all my life? Is it happiness? Is it peace? You know, is it serenity? No. And so why do we continue living like this? Yeah. You know, this is an opportunity to kind of just slow down and listen and move through life in a what I consider a better way. And that's beautiful because, you know, Evie and I spend a lot of time with our clients teaching them how to trust their own intuition again. Because I think for a lot of us, we get conditioned out of that into the logic brain, into the like, I need to think about this or I need to get other people's opinions about it. And that's all very logical you know, functioning in the brain, but it disconnects us from the body completely. So, you know, when you're working with a client, you're using that method of intuition that you've developed to understand which compounds work best for that client's needs. And I'm imagining that somebody could self-develop these skills in terms of well, what do I need right now? Turkey tail? Or do I need some lion's mane? Like, That's right. Yeah, you can definitely use this kind of intuition for that. I teach this to every client because it's like, well, you can call me every day and ask me, right? Yeah. But then I'm going to have to charge it because I'm a busy boy. I can't do this. And, you know, the other part of this is this is empowering ourselves, right? It's taking our power back away from any outside authority. I did air quotes mm -hmm. for the people listening. 
you know, and moving it back to the internal, right? Because really my body, how can anybody outside of me know what's better for it than itself? Right. And so finding a way to speak and listen, right. Is and communicate Mm -hmm. so powerful and not only this, but also like understanding this medicine, right. The plants, the herbs, the the mushrooms of the planet and understanding that 90% of pharmaceuticals are derived from these things. This is empowering Mm -hmm. as well because we take our power back and we no longer have to rely on outside sources to tell us when we're healthy, when we're sick and how to get better. Right. Yeah. So cool. So cool. What's the difference between wild foraging, because you talk a lot about spending time in the forest and doing wild foraging, versus what we see now are like mushroom cultivation farms or even those blocks that we can cultivate at home? What's the difference between those types of mushrooms and why would you prefer one over the other? Well, what's the difference between a tomato grown underneath a bulb, right, and a tomato grown in pristine elements outside with the sun? right? Well, Big Ag would tell you it's the exact same. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's a pretty simple symbolism right there. Mm -hmm. However, I will say that with the growing demands and needs of the community that is understanding that these things are high medicine, you know, it's going to take, you know, different ways of producing these because right now we're looking at, you know, old growth forests in the United States, like cannot support the entire country, the entire world. Right. So, you know, this is also a message to everybody of the importance of understanding those amazing ecosystems where these things originate, right? Yeah. And and taking care of what areas that we can that are local to us, right? Yeah. So it's it's really a great message that you're talking about right now, which is mushrooms have become very, very popular. And at the time of this recording, we just passed National Mushroom Day, which is now a thing, right? And what I've noticed is that especially in the health and wellness space, there's a huge growth of products that have different kinds of extracts of turkey tail and shaga and lion's mane and cordyceps and all of these things, yet we're still disconnected from where these things are coming from. And you just mentioned like most of these highly medicinal mushrooms rely on the ecology of the old growth forests and those right now are threatened. So there's an environmental component to the mushroom craze too, that we need to be cognizant of. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, just understanding how it's all connected, Mm -hmm. you know, we are divinely connected to these beings. There's receptors specifically made for them inside of our brains, inside of our bodies, right? They have, I mean, they've been around probably longer for us, but are definitely longer than us, you know, building up these polysaccharides, like antibodies that that we would consider, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can rely on and use, but it takes understanding that divine connection and nurturing it and being the protectors that we used to be. Yeah. And so when people are looking at where they're sourcing this stuff, is it, is it safe to say that some cultivation practices are, are decent or, you know, have we seen that kind of like, we see this with the bastardization of the rest of our food supply, like you mentioned, the tomato grown under the lamp indoors kind of thing, as opposed to being outside in the full spectrum sun and getting the nutrients from the soil. You know, is there a way that we can find that balance so that we're not putting more strain on the old growth forest resources, for example? Totally. You know, is there a way to do that? Totally. And I mean, that's where, you know, 90 plus percent of stuff is coming from is grown, you know, absolutely. And even a a high percentage of that isn't even fruiting bodies. It's going to be mycelium with rice and grain mixed in, which, you know, there's studies that have proven that it's, you know, just as medicinal as the fruiting bodies, you know, being inside the United States and having a business, you know, especially a large business that's providing a lot of medicine for a lot of people, you know, to create fruiting bodies for all of them. It's, it takes more time. It, takes more effort. It's more expensive. So, you know, I feel, you know, there's a place for everything in this movement, right? There's going to be people who find me, who find other people that are smaller that can like provide them with stuff from the forest or stuff that's like fruiting bodies grown by themselves. You know, I I just feel like energy is going to flow into all of those spaces. And now that consciousness is opening up to this, like it really is in a big way in the past few years, it's been amazing. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Fantastic Fungi came out on Amazon a year ago and 
you know, I, I had to bat people away that wanted to talk to me about these things that were so excited. You know, it's so this movement is huge. That's right. It just keeps growing. So yeah, and I, I feel like it'll just naturally grow in that way. Yeah. And I, I don't think any of it's bad, right? Stuff grown on grain and rice substrate, still fabulous medicine. Yeah. Let's back up for a second for listeners who don't really know the different terms. What is the difference between the fruiting body? What is mycelium? And I thought it was all just fungus. <laughs> yeah. So how these things kind of work is, you know, there's mycelial ones. So a mycelial network is like a one cell thick, looks like a, a root, like a vein, right? That, that runs along the ground until it hits a similar spore, right? And when those two hit and come together and the temperature is right, it's the right season, there's the right moisture, that's when the fruiting body shoots up. And from the fruiting body is where the spores go out into the wind and can go all over the ground and start the process all over again. And the fruiting body is what we think of as the thing that we get in the store. That yeah, is, that's, that's got we, the classic mushroom shape. That's right. Whatever that shape is, because there are all so many different shapes. <laughs> There's a lot of weird ones. <laughs> you got to be careful about the classic <laughs> yeah. mushroom cap look, the classic right? classic phallic so, one. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that too. But there's also this network underground too. And so Truly. what's fascinating to me about fungi, right, is that they use this network underground to communicate that other organisms in that same ecosystem use the same network to communicate. So we now know that trees will communicate to each other using the mycelial network, which I just, that just blows my mind. and makes me super excited. Fascinating. And then there's, and the spores are like how they are breeding, so to speak, or how they're propagating. We as humans tend to just go for the fruiting body, which is what you were explaining, right? It's like when we're looking for culinary mushrooms or, you know, the the medicine that we are getting from these mushrooms, we're going after the fruiting body mostly. But you're also saying that in the mycelial that certain types have the same properties. Is that right? Yeah. And so like if you're going to grow reishi, you do it with a mass of some substrate like rice grain. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you'd inoculate it with the spores of, let's say, turkey tail. And so the mycelium will grow, it'll fill the bag. That bag, we are finding out, actually has some similar and medicinal properties. Some people think just as strong or stronger. It's, it's, you know, I think it's really open to interpretation. And then the fruiting body is what comes off of that, right? Mm, okay. And so, you know, what we're eating is always the fruiting body. Yeah. I would not go down into the dirt and grab a handful of mycelium. That doesn't seem too appetizing, although it might be right. really good for you. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> a whole different type of restaurant is popping up in my mind. That's right. Okay. <laughs> but it is fascinating. You know, every step we take, you know, there is information being sent through the earth to the plants around us. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, this is where the science is starting to meet up with the spirit, this divine connection that we have with everything around us in the forest. You know, the mycelium creates forests, it creates meadows. You know, mushrooms are the reason that when trees fall over, that we don't just have a stacked up, you know, big area of dead trees. Like they break everything down to the base elements so that life can start again. So they are life, death, rebirth. I mean, you know, the all that is. Right. Yeah. When you get into stuff like the psychoactive side of this stuff too, with psilocybin, it's like that is the spirit of that medicine as well is life, death, rebirth. Right. And viewing everything. Yeah. Medicine of sensitivity, of opening, of revealing, of understanding. Right. Yeah. It's interesting how they all kind of play this role for us of decomposition so that new life can occur. And so how does that, you know, translate to like the emotional and the mental side for us as well? when we get into the more of the psychoactive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely get into that in a few minutes. Loving Fungi is your company. Where did it start and what are you doing today and what kinds of product offerings do you have for people? Yeah. Great question. So, you know, it, it started pretty much when I started making medicine and, you know, the, the tinctures and capsules are a big part of what I do. Yes. That's more of the one-on-one, -on -one, like with consultations mm -hmm. and stuff like that. The food stuffs, well, once I figured out it was good medicine, I was like, well, I want to make this taste good. I want to drink this. And so I think I first started off with a reishi, chaga, and turkey tail drink that is now my drinking chocolate. You know, it was a cacao beverage that... Love it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time on just cooking it for myself and then made it for friends. And then, you know, I got invited to this 
like Sufi gathering and, and there they wanted me to be in charge of the drinks. And so I made the drink there for them. And they're like, where do we get this? And I'm like, yeah, I just make it, you know? And they're like, you should package this. I'm like, oh, okay. You know? And so I end up in Bend somehow at my friend's vegan restaurant. And I was like, hey, you guys should start offering this drink to people. It's really good. You know, I'll, I'll show you how to make it. You can just sell it. I don't care. And they're like, well, no, you need to bottle this. And you should get some labels made. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so I'm just like, I'm, I'm responding, you know, and like, yep. I also understand now, like after understanding my human design, which is a, you know, esoteric knowledge, I'm here oh, to respond love that too. to life. Yep. Yeah. So good, good. I'm, I'm a little, little generator making things that I'm called to. Right. And so it just started there. And so I had a line of three drinks. You know, there was a chocolate one, there was a chai, and then there was a lion's mane beverage. And that's where it all kind of started. Right now, what I'm offering is the drinking chocolate that everybody loves. I can't make enough of this stuff. I bet not. The powder blend. Right. The lion's breath, the coffee alternative, also very popular. And I have three mushroom seasonings with porcini and shiitake and oysters. I have two granolas and I have two flavors of ghee. One is porcini and one is morel. I think that's all I have right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful that I met you at the Mushroom Festival when I was visiting Terea in Oregon. And, you know, I tried the drinking chocolate and I was like, this is really good. And I told her that with other ones that are like this, other similar brands, this isn't overpowering like cacao flavor, where sometimes I get that where I'm like, this is a little too cacao. This is a little too, you know, a little much. This is like smooth enough. And so I've yeah. really been enjoying it. And then I also got the granola. I got the, what is it, the banana? The chonk. The chonky. Yeah, the chonky. Yeah. So I've been munching on that throughout the week and I love that too. So I, if anyone's listening and wants to try it, this was my first time trying it and I'm really happy. Yeah. I I wanted to make it more of like kind of like a spice chocolate drink. So like a Mexican spice without the cayenne almost. But yeah, you know, I make all this stuff for myself first and I'm kind of picky on what I put in my mouth and, uh, you know, want it to taste good. And, and so that's the idea behind this is that it tastes good and it's medicine right? There's reishi, chaga, and turkey tail powder on the granola. It's in the the drinking chocolate as well. And then there's six mushrooms and four plants in the coffee alternative. And then, you know, the, the tasty tasties with the seasonings and the ghee with porcinis and, and morel and such. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, they're they're all lovely. I, I love the lion's breath. I use that in the mornings and that's a really yummy coffee alternative, or if you need the caffeine, dump it in your coffee and it makes your coffee (laughs) even better. Um, So yeah, I mean, we we're really loving it. So now do you have a full like co-packing facility? Like how big is this? Or are you literally packing the jars yourself right now? Like, where are you in that phase of business development? Great question. It's just going to get bigger. Yeah, totally. So the, the, the drinks, like last year at the markets, the drinks, I was, so to make the drinks, I cooked stuff down for like four days, right? Makes sense to do that every single week for a year. So by the end of that, I was pretty burnt out. So I'm not even offering the bottled drinks right now. You know, I'd mm-hmm. love to get to a place where this is just kind of packed for me. Yeah. And maybe that will happen sooner than later. But right now it's me a small team, a few friends that come and help out every week making stuff. And I'm, I'm selling out of stuff even at this point, right? Yeah. Just with the markets. So it seems like expansion is inevitable. I've been really kind of stubborn about this, you know, not wanting to do a website and, and things like that. But I also understand this is the way of the world. And so who am I to keep people from experiencing what I consider really high medicine, you know, and, and to receive this message? You know, I feel like an intermediary for the forest, for mushrooms. And, you know, what a beautiful opportunity I have to speak for them. Yeah, so cool. I was going to ask you, you know, kind of what's the difference between loving fungi and maybe a, a larger, more well-known brand like Four Sigmatic? Like what's What's the difference behind your products versus something like that? Well, I guess we're all uniquely different, right? And so the the energy that I put out and into the work that I do will naturally attract the people that are resonant with that. That's how I feel. I think it's fabulous that companies like Four Sigmatic and Stamets Company and, and all of those exist. They really pave the way for people like me. And so yeah. I have a great level of appreciation for everybody who's come before me. Yeah, super cool. One thing I will say is in terms of like Four Sigmatic versus Loving Fungi is you're like, oh, I've been kind of resistant against this growth and all that is people all. I mean, I think also 
the people that are gravitating towards you that want to buy from you, like they'd rather put the money in and put the effort in or maybe wait a little longer to get their shipment from a local person who's really doing this and has a personal story behind it. So there's that perspective too, because when I'm looking at something like Four Sigmatic or you, it's like, well, I want to go with you because you actually have this history with it and you have this true appreciation of it. And I don't care. It may be maybe different price point, or maybe I'm not getting the exact same thing that Four Sigmatic would give. So there's that perspective to keep too of you're also, like you said, attracting your type of customers. And I think they're just out there waiting for that website to come up and they'll know like, oh, there's this guy in you know Oregon that is doing this. And he's like, doing small batches of it and he's doing markets and that's how he started. And I just think those stories really resonate with a lot of people. And yeah, those are most you, likely Evie. your that's types a, of customers really too. Great reflection. And it's actually, um, I was actually thinking about this yeah. the other day because people do, they find me somehow. And like, I'm only on Instagram right now and they, they seek me out and like, and seek down my stuff. And I'm like, I don't know that I really do that with anybody's others, you know, anybody else's stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I guess this is a bigger deal than I thought it was. And I should really, you know, make this available to more people. So I'm working on it. And, you know, I, I also want to keep the integrity of what I do. You know what I mean? With the medicine that I work with, I don't feel called to get to the point where I'm working with, you know, less than the quality of products that I am right now. Yeah. You know, and so however that steers me, I'm just going to keep following that, you know, and, and listening. Right. Yeah. 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 Beautiful, because I think there is this part of the law of attraction, right? We're attracting the kind of people that we want to be in service towards. And if we can have that self-awareness of what it is, like what our internal state is, right, then we can start to attract that stuff without it being in this like, I'm going to expand this to be Amazon size so that anybody can get their mushrooms whenever they want, you know, and prime delivery and all of that stuff. Like there's, there's some kind of special that you bring to the table, which I think is part of, you know, why we wanted to have you on the podcast and, oh, and why you. your products are, are so unique in that way. Because there are, let's face it, there are a lot of like mushroom cacaos and mushroom extracts that you can get and powdered mushrooms and, and this, that and the other. But the way that you're putting them together and what you're combining them with shows the intentionality so to speak, in your products. And that's something that we've picked up on. So beautiful. I think a lot of other people are going to find that too. I would love to dig into, we kind of alluded to it a little bit before, but dig into psilocybin. Like what is this magic that has become known as psilocin or psilocybin? And, you know, you alluded to the psychoactive compounds more as a like spiritual piece. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with mushrooms in this way and how you work with clients in that way? Of course. Yeah. I guess I've had a pretty colorful background, literally and figuratively with this medicine, you know, with spending time kind of just having a great time when I was younger, music and stuff like that. A lot of times just in the woods with friends into moving in my, you know, more previous years, like in the last like six years, seven years of more like sitting with a bit of intention and ceremony. And then for the last like, you know, four and a half years, you know, helping people in certain ways with information around like the microdosing regimens. Yeah. And so understanding the medicine and the large, the macro into the micro and having a lifetime of this has been really powerful, life-changing for me. You know, I, yeah. I see all my friends that I grew up with that were equally as interested in using this medicine mm -hmm. as being like some of the more heart-centered, balanced, beautiful people in my life. Yeah. And so just from like a, a retrospect kind of view of this, I'm like, oh, this stuff works like that. You know, can you speak a little bit about, you know, what's the difference between microdosing and macrodosing and, and quite a bit? Are there two different purposes? <laughs> Qu quite a bit. I, I know of there difference. are. <laughs> yeah, but listeners may not know the term. Right. So, you know, in terms of microdosing, macrodosing, what's the difference and, and what's the unique purpose of each? Yeah. So, you know, we've had a really beautiful, rich history with this medicine for centuries that we're now kind of coming back to and understanding. And so, the macro dose, you know, larger doses can be like, you know, what some people say, well, 20 years of therapy in one night, you know, that's a lot. I don't know if you've ever been to one therapy session, it can be pretty intense, right? So 20 years of therapy in one night, fabulous. However, 
there's also 20 years of real-time integration work that go with 20 years of therapy, right? And so that's where microdosing kind of shows up as being this um, we integrate as we go type of medicine because this isn't something we take every single day, right? This is like a, well, everybody has their own method. You know, I encourage people to body test for these things. You know, this is taking days off in between to integrate everything that we've learned, mm -hmm. right? While we move through it, you know, journaling can be fabulous for this as well. So big difference, you know, sometimes we go through traumas in this life, right? Especially in those younger years, so zero to 14, that's when our nervous system is being set up to respond to stimuli in a certain way. And we can keep responding the same way our entire lives, you know, kind of numbing ourselves with drugs and alcohol and sex and screen time, whatever it is, right? But this is kind of like the blueprint of our lives is set up at this point, yeah. right? Like our notion of self-worth, of masculinity, femininity, how relationships work, all there. And so, you know, sensitivity is, is a different thing to everybody. And trauma is a different thing to everybody. Right. You can just be a very sensitive person and grow up in a very loud environment and have trauma from that, right? So, you know, moving back to these moments in our life is really kind of the juicy center point of where all those symptoms of anxiety, symptoms of depression, physical ailments that we can't quite understand, where they all stem from, right? And so there's a couple ways to get to these you know, the, the Tootsie Roll at the center of the lollipop, right? And so the, the big dose is kind of like taking a bite, you know? Other processes like meditation, spiritual practices, microdosing is more like taking licks, right? <laughs> I guess that's the best analogy I come up with on the spot. Uh, yeah, I like thanks. it. <laughs> that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> that's actually a really helpful one. Yeah. yeah. And so the whole point of, of this is to and I really feel like this existence is to come here as, as a, a grand school and to learn the lessons. And so most of them are in those early developmental years, right? So yeah. zero to 14, right? So these medicines can both lead us to that center point just in different ways. Yeah, it's, it's really well said because... You're right. There are a lot of different techniques to get at this. We can do therapy. We can do pretty rigid meditation practice. But I think what's fascinating to me mostly about different kinds of plant medicines in this way is how there can be things that are stored in our subconscious or patterns that we get programmed into our subconscious and all of that stuff that can lead towards a biological outcome. So there's this connection between the mind and the body in that way. And using something like psilocybin or a different kind of plant medicine to be able to access that so that we can change and shift the biology, like that becomes really fascinating to me. And I'm curious if you have seen this time and time again with your clients that you're helping with this kind of experience. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that, that that's the huge shift here that, you know, I mean, I had many years ago, but I feel like a lot of people are coming to understanding now is understanding that the mental, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, all intrinsically and divinely connected, right? We can't affect one without affecting the others. And oftentimes these physical ailments, right, are just symptoms of a root cause, right? And so instead of like the bandaid on the bullet wound method, it's about finding that those root causes, you know, the yogis mm -hmm. talk about, you know, emotions from our childhood being held in the hips. And so certain stretches release those things. And you'll have people crying during yoga and crying during massage therapy, having these emotional releases. And so it's also like, okay, well, where does cancer come from? Nobody knows. However, when you get cancer, you're not rocking and rolling and moving. You're sitting, you're thinking about your life. You know, you're processing and yeah. integrating, right? All of those moments. And, and that's what it's about because, you know, when trauma happens, they call it fight, flight, or freeze. And they say fawn too, but for this example, let's say fight, flight, or freeze. So when we're children, we can't fight it. We can't run away. And so maybe just maybe there's some frozen parts of ourselves waiting to be heard, waiting to be felt waiting to be processed, waiting to be integrated so that we can move through life in a different way. And notice I didn't say analyzed because we can analyze till the cows come home. This is a whole different world, yeah. right? This is feeling and allowing these feelings and emotions to be processed and brought to the surface. This isn't something that we have a lot of culture and history around. So, you know, it can be relatively new to folks. Yeah. And so seeking out different practitioners and medicines that can help bring us to these deeper understandings, these moments can be super beneficial in our progression, right? Yeah. So that we don't have to continue living the same cycles in our life, right? 
so that we can even address some of these physical ailments and pains, right? It's like anxiety. Where is that? That's oftentimes the stomach issues with digestion. I'm, I'm having trouble digesting some mental and emotional processes that occurred to me in my life earlier in my life, right? It just starts to to really make sense. All of these things start to click yeah. once you have the experience. And oftentimes people have to get so sick that they're, you know, at the point where they have to listen, right? To the body. Yeah. So many of our clients have come to us at that point, you know, of like, I need to do something about my health. And, you know, Evie and I both know that, sure, we can absolutely work on the biology and we're going to start talking about some of these emotions. We're going to start talking about some of these experiences that you've had because it's all interrelated. Totally. You know, with the advent of the popularity of mushrooms and Netflix just brought out Michael Pollan's series, you know, How to Change Your Mind from his book. And then, you know, there's Fantastic Fungi and all of the, there's a lot of media right now in terms of functional mushrooms and psychedelic mushrooms. What would you suggest to somebody? How would they go about finding a practitioner to work with? And how would they go about navigating some of the weird legal status that we're in right now with psychedelics? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, just talking to, you know, therapists, whoever you feel called to, and just bringing it into conversation. You know, this is becoming much more, especially in Oregon, now that everything is kind of legalized here. It's just daily speak with most folks, right? Especially at mushroom festivals, fungi fest. You know, you can often run into people who can connect you in some way there, but really practitioners, right? And so mm -hmm. a lot of therapists out there understand the power of this medicine. I mean, you know, therapy back in the 70s and 80s was when they were using MDMA and then LSD and, and these substances, and they were having profound healing opportunities with therapy alongside the medicine, yeah. right? To have somebody there that has no other intention except to, you know, find your questions and find your answers answers with you, right? To guide you towards that on a medicine that is opening and revealing and sensitizing, Yeah, right? We can move back to these moments in time and shift our perspective on them. Now, where to find these people? That's the, that's the question, right? I know that Oregon right now depends on the county that you're in right now. They're, they're saying yes or no into shoots. I, I don't know what's happening, but essentially if it's a yes in your, in your county in Oregon, you can go see a therapist and have either the macro session or they can work with you in the micro sense. And this is all being worked out. And they gave, I believe it's like a matter of two years from the time when this passed. I think that was last year. Mm -hmm. So I think we have another year before this really kind of starts to kick in here. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, talk to therapists. Find folks that yeah. really understand this medicine well, that you resonate with well, and, and talk with them one-on-one. -on -one. You know, make sure this person is of the heart, is here for the, the highest and best of every person that they come and meet. You know, those would be important qualities to me, to find a practitioner like that. I would agree, mainly because, you know, it's it's my opinion, and I've heard this echoed by other people, that it's less about the experience that you are having with the medicine itself. And it's more about the integration. Totally. It's the integration and what the learnings are that you take away with it. And it's the same goes for CBT therapy or any other kind of therapy that you're receiving from somebody is that it's more about that relationship with that individual so that you can use the integrative tools that they're teaching you. And this really is a very similar thing. I think it's important to understand that there are going to be some like, well, Oregon's leading the way, right? Oregon's leading the way in terms of building out a state-supported structure to be able to administer this kind of therapy along with a therapist. And then other states are starting to do the same. So it's really about talking to therapists, finding out who they know, or is there somebody that they can put you in touch with? Because eventually what will probably end up happening is this will end up being something that is legal and safe to do. Like, that's where I see the future going. I don't know if that's, that's really right. going to happen, but that's what I see is kind of happening with what's showing up on the polls this year and how federal is starting to like relax on even studies, scientific studies. It's now easier for scientists to get access to these compounds to be able to do the studies. So we're really starting to see a major shift. Yeah. And that, that's beautiful. And so, you know, moving forward to, I don't know if you're familiar with MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Interesting folks that are kind of leading the way in proving that 
these medicines can be super beneficial to people with PTSD, depression, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. However, the medicine they're using is a pharmaceutical version of these plant medicines, right? And so they're taking a balanced system. They're taking one thing out of it. They're expanding that and they're putting it inside of you. So this is no different than 90% of pharmaceuticals and then cue the list of side effects. So Mm -hmm. my question is, is like, what is the spirit of that medicine versus what is the spirit of the medicine that is is grown in the earth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And so I'll just leave that open to interpretation for everyone to choose where you want to move with that. Yeah. Beautiful question. And I think it's something that we can all mull over. I want to be cognizant of our time and thank you so much for this conversation. We would love to know, how do we find out more about you? Where can people find you? Where can people get your products? Do they have to be local? Tell us how to find you. Thank you. Uh, so you can find me definitely on Instagram at the loving fungi, F-U-N-G-I. And then the website should be done November 4th or 5th, somewhere in there. And I'll have a big announcement on Instagram for that. Fantastic. And that's going to be thelovingfungi.com, F-U-N-G-I. Awesome. We will make sure to include both of those in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and sharing with us your wisdom on all of this. We barely even touched the surface today. So maybe we'll have to have you come back on and, and delve into some of the other fun, sciencey, geeky, mind-exploding fun things about fungi. Totally. I told you it's huge. Once you start nerding out on it, be careful. You'll end up like me. And then it's just your whole life. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Happy, happy to come back. Thank you. Okay, good, 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 good. And then we always love to ask our guests, what is their favorite thing to do outside? I mean, is it obvious? (laughs) (laughs) Mushroom foraging? That's that's it. When I'm outside, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Good. Thank you so much. Appreciate you both. Yeah, appreciate you both very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is really sweet. Hey everybody, Terea here. If you like what you heard today, then I'm inviting you to become a premium member over at the Optimized Wellness Community because membership gets you instant and exclusive access to the full length versions of each of these conversations, both in video and audio format. Not only that, but with the community, you also get access to seminars, regular Q&As, activities, our seasonal challenges, and starting in December, Your first month in the membership, you will get a copy of the Wellness Optimizing Journal. We also have a Luminary tier membership that gets you access to the live taught breathwork classes, as well as the visualization library and access to the coaches. Use the link in the show notes, become a member and join us at the Optimized Wellness Community. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. If you are ready to dig deeper into your health, stop playing the wackest symptom game, start testing to get better guidance, you can find more about Terea at tereyarodriguez.com and you can find Evie at holisticallyrestored.com. Want to peek into what it's like to work with us? Come join us at our Optimized Wellness community. You can find the invitation link in the show notes below. And if you have a question for the show, you can submit your question under the podcast section of TereaRodriguez.com. Finally, if you found something helpful in this episode, don't forget to leave a review, hit that follow button, or share it with a friend. They're going to love that you thought of them. Until next time, see you outside. Outside.